Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Pristine Paradoxes podcast with me, Cece. And me, Remy. And in today's episode, me and Cece are going to be discussing our personal experiences with growing up with social media. That goes from relationships and how that goes back to friendships and our childhood, never mind our aspirations for the future, like what jobs we wanted when we were children and compared to how we view our future now. Lots to think about. But yeah, it's it's crazy to think about how much social media has actually impacted us. Enjoy! Okay, amazing. I, I'm now, okay. I'm so hyper aware that in that first silly Minecraft episode I uploaded, I opened it with, okay, amazing slay. And I keep <laughs> catching myself saying it all the time, but it upsets me. <laughs> to ask the blue goes, okay, amazing slay. So hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's too disgusting but okay amazing slate remy how are you do you want to keep that in <laughs> yes this is part What's of the it? hashtag anecdote of the how are you section of our the episodes. hashtag anecdote um i'm good <laughs> damn <coughs> don't die um i went to a concert yesterday of someone i know yeah big lexi carol lexi carol was so fun I did a interview with her for Penta Page, and it's just so interesting, like, you know, knowing someone who you're seeing live music of, and she's amazing, like, ugh, obsessed. Um, I, mean, I think you need to give yourself a little hashtag promo, hashtag shout out. Hashtag promo, I okay. Think, I think it's Hello. necessary. Hello! <laughs> um, since, since last recording, Penta Page season two has just come out, and it's all about um, music, books, and the creative process. All education content will be on widerscuss.edu.uk on Instagram. So, yeah, it is so what if it you're, is. If you're a hardcore fan and you listen to Remy's other podcasts as well as this one, you should be excited Have to a listen look. to you. I know, I know I am absolutely buzzing. And Cece did the cover art and it's so good. And I did the cover art. It's actually so good at makes you And it's both like, incredibly amateur and incredibly sexy. And It's beautiful. Because. I love, I love, I love, I've got so um, many compliments on it. Ah! Adorable. Yeah, first it. episode was so cute. Remy is adorable. Fun fact, guys. I know I hate on yes. her every single every single episode, but I actually do love this woman. Um, Aww, thanks! <laughs> oh, it's a rough, but I just don't even worry about it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, anyway. I was going to say something about how I am, because actually, I'm yeah. the only person that matters. Yeah, I actually consider right. this, Cece, how are you? How am I? I don't know. I did just have a little cry. Literally five minutes ago, people. Remy and I have a habit of whenever we sit down to record an episode, we have like a 10 hour conversation before recording. And then we're like, we're actually, no, not anymore. I don't want to record. (laughs) Um, It wipes us out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pump myself up by listening to a silly song. And I just started crying because it reminded me of my ex. (laughs) Yay! Um, Um, Everything comes in waves, gang. You think you've moved on, and then bow, chicka, wow, wow, bow, wow. Gorgeous. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that should be the new music. Maybe it should. Just me making us making weird noises. We both make weird noises. We do. It's quite frightening stuff. Also, the update is that I I've started journaling, and I know I made yes. fun of Remy for recommending journaling in every single episode, but actually, it's like 
Turns out I'm I right. Have so many, I have so many journal prompts that I actually haven't done yet. Like journal prompts that I've written about things that I need to consider. And I haven't written about any of them. But it's fine mm-hmm. because I've been writing about random other stuff that's inconsequential. But it's cute. So true. And I'm enjoying it. And I'm proud of myself. Yeah. yeah that's, amazing. That's, that's Progress. But yeah. Long time no see for you guys. Oops. More for us. Romy and I are actually madly in love when we see each other every two seconds. It's so true. You wouldn't believe it. I do. Uh, we've got a Twitter now. <laughs> um, and we couldn't fit Pristine Paradox's podcast into the username. So I, I decided to shorten it to P Paradox's pod, and it is the single handedly worst thing I've ever done. I'm so upset. Um, but it's too funny to change. It is. And I can't think of anything else that we could abbreviate our podcast to. So it's P Paradox's pod on so Twitter. True. The only thing that's on there is me and Remy deliriously post sleepover writing a load of Taylor Swift lyrics about her being a rapper. She actually is um, a rapper, guys. I hope you know. So I hope you know. That. It is, it is a Go fact. A... Like, there's so much proof <laughs> throughout the whole of the album. Anyway, Maybe goodness me, thing. talking about Twitter. Twitter, if you did not know, is a social media platform. And we grew up <laughs> in this oh, era. segue, Remy. <laughs> so welcome. We grew up on social media <laughs> and the rise of it. Like, I got, a, I got an Instagram account when I was, like, 10. So that was mm-hmm. eight years ago, which is crazy. Yeah. So like that was really like That's the rise insane. of Instagram and the popularity and everything. So today is a chat about how that's impacted us in various ways. Mm-hmm. And it really does. And just like the whole split between the online space and the real life world. Yeah. I do want to emphasize though that this is strictly about like growing up with social media. Obviously, our mental health has been severely affected by social media. And I'm sure that it would be different if we didn't have it. So yeah. in terms of like the like general makeup of like our mindset and our brains, like I feel yeah. like it's genuinely like chemically changed us as a generation. And I'm really so interested to know how it's changing like kids who've grown up it grown up with it from literally like the day they were born. Whereas yeah. we kind of got it in our, our like tween teenagehood in our tweens when Tween. We so again, like age like ten ish. The kind of closest thing we had to like use of electronic devices was probably like playing like, like Nintendo and stuff. Maybe watching yeah. YouTube. Actually, no, I did watch YouTube. Oh, yeah, I, started, I kind of I was I started watching YouTube in like 2012. Yeah, God, that's so crazy. Ago. Oh my God, ten years. That's I don't know. That's crazy. Insane. I was I was what 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 kind of things did you used to watch on YouTube back in the day, Remy? I actually don't care back about the stuff anymore. I'm just intrigued about your social media history. I used to watch How It's Made all the time, and I loved it. What's that? Oh wait, hang on. Oh, How It's Made. Oh yeah. Oh, that's fun. I was a little slag for How It's Made. I was on the oh my god, like 2014. Like my life is Eva. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meg DeAngelis, who came up on my for you page on TikTok the other day, and I was like, "Oh, hello! I haven't seen you in like eight years. That's crazy." <laughs> um. And what else? Like loads of beauty stuff, beauty. like pastel. <laughs> loads of and like the pastel like British YouTubers, like yeah, yeah. I mean, lots of people. Insane. It is. It is very, very, very insane. Ugh. And then a lot of my. Early secondary school was study tube, unfortunately. Blah, um, blah, blah. Anyway. So, mental health. So, how do we feel? Uh, Let's get into it. How do we yeah. feel? How do we feel? I, I think my main thing that I wanted to kind of talk about was how 
I think the reason why social media has such a massive impact on us and it's like different from usual like childhood experiences is because we're looking at so much more stuff we're experiencing and witnessing and acknowledging so many more things than we would if we were offline because if we were offline we would kind of only have like the people in our like village or town to kind of influence us or like our school friends but having social media we have so many more sources of influence and i don't think our body has necessarily fully caught up with that but we have to because we live in the modern day and we can't necessarily just like neglect that so like it's fine like everything it probably has its good and bad sides but because our environmental influences are a lot more widespread i think we do need to change our assessment of like mental illness and stuff and like our mental health like in accordance to the rise of social media there's also been a rise of people with mental illnesses yes and i i wonder if that's like a direct correlation or if it's just because we're noticing them more like if they're actually more in quantity or if it's just being like oh look at all these people that have them and people are talking about it more because i think the the big theme in this uh, episode is going to be how many more things are normalized in terms of mental health it can be quite good because you know it makes you feel less alone but my whole like issue is is when i was like 13 14 i like still have a fear that i almost like induced my own depression and anxiety because i saw so many other people having it and it yeah it's almost like a trend and like i, I don't want to say that's why because that's very invalidating for me um because i i genuinely do struggle and it's not fair on myself to say that i got it because i make myself have it because why would i make myself go through that every single day um for the past yeah 10 whatever years for other people like you look at everyone around you experiencing these things and you naturally want to experience them as well even yeah if they're not good it's just we do have such a yearning as human beings to want to fit in and if like by chance the social media we happen to intake happens to all be by like this sounds so bad but like by mentally ill people like you'd actually are going to want to and also like relate into that mindset and like the whole tumblr era of like yes. grunge and yes. people smoking cigarettes and wearing dogs and wearing like it's the pinnacle oh of mental illness what is did, if you wear what dog did... martins i actually don't so maybe i'm not <laughs> no but like like this kind of vibe of like the grungy teen posting quotes from like shows and all these things about being mentally ill about substance abuse about like you know eating disorders like everything like that so it was very easily romanticized because you could put a filter on it and make it a pretty picture if you're smoking a cigarette or of you doing a pretty picture with a horrible (laughs) quote inferring your suffering (laughs) you know i think that has its good size and its bad size because yeah like it's good to talk about it but it wasn't being spoken about in a way that's like yeah i want this to stop and i want to like get better and i you know it's it, like it was very much like sadness. this is my life and it's pretty but my life is really hard but lol but it's interesting because like even though it was like haha 2014 tumblr era like that's still so prevalent today like so oh many yeah like, different aesthetics that are kind of circulating are very much still like romanticized mental illness so that's one it's easier for you to deal with which is great mm-hmm. but not if you're perpetuating it because you're because it's so much like the main struggle of mental illness is that it's so much easier to stay in it than get better because getting yes. better is daunting and uncomfortable even though it sucks being mentally ill but it's like 
you know making active change is so hard mm-hmm. so by romanticizing it it makes it easier to stay in it like that's nice because it means that if you are gonna keep struggling at least you're struggling maybe with a different twist but yeah ultimately it's still not great like there are communities on the internet which are still really harmful to do with mental health like there's the pro anna community on the internet yeah. which is promoting anorexia like that's like it's very scary and the idea of like how few calories can you eat in in a day and then you'll binge like all, all of these things and i've seen them come up like on my recommended on youtube before and it's like i find it really scary like the fact that that's and and it's a genuine community of people yeah. um and then like... obviously and then it's really harmful for anyone who is in eating disorder recovery or just even yeah. like someone like me who hasn't personally struggled with that but i can see that and be like that's very scary to be on the internet and to romanticize it that's how influencers work right it's not like oh my god i really want to be mentally ill or whatever it's yeah you're getting influenced and you naturally want to like kind of mimic your surroundings like i said like and that's where the fomo comes in that we said we weren't going to talk about but like it is like i feel like a lot of it does come down to that i remember my friend said to me like a while ago and that was like the main reason i wanted to do this episode is because she said something about um the difference between a universe the difference between a universal experience being perceived as rare and a rare experience being perceived as universal and it like changed my perception of like everything yeah like i like universal experiences such as like loneliness and jealousy you think you're the only ones that are experiencing them and you feel horrible you're like okay no one else is feeling lonely and i hate it and i I don't know why i'm feeling like this or like i'm so jealous i'm such a bad person blah 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 when actually everyone feels those things all the time and then rare experiences such as mental health because it is still a minority or like like neurodivergency is a lot more like spoken about at the minute because of the different like circles we frequent like you can feel like it's a very common experience like it's so natural for me to kind of be like oh yeah everyone is depressed to some degree everyone's anxious to some degree everyone is neurodivergent to some degree and i don't know how healthy that is because one it invalidates my experience of those things because it like gives me imposter syndrome and it's like oh i'm not mentally ill enough i'm not neurodivergent enough than these other people i'm seeing because i'm not seeing the people that aren't yeah or like i'm projecting it and making it seem like i don't know it's information overload that's what we're getting on the internet at the moment and that's why it's so hard to know what your own opinions are when you're hearing the opinions of a billion other people whether they're on your tiktok or you page whether you follow them on instagram or on twitter like whatever like you're getting opinions from everyone so then how do you know like how to approach things yourself and 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 what has directly come from you and what is actually come from the influence of other people yeah it's so hard um Mm -hmm. and like opinions in terms of like they can be like experiences as well just like takes on different you know ways that people go about their lives and like again like it's good because it can help guide you into what your like ideal way of like living is or whatever or it like helps you figure out so much stuff like there is so much like good information out there like i have learned so much about myself from the internet and like i said like when i said that i thought i induced my mental health it was actually just because i was learning about it and becoming more aware of it as opposed yeah. to i gave it to myself but still the idea of it being a trend is about like the idea of being jealous of people who are mentally ill i can't believe that i yeah I slip into that mindset like all the time like i'm like oh you have it worse like you have it worse than me i wish i was as traumatized as you but i could 
feel more validated in my bad experiences like that's horrible that's not that's a mentality insane. I want to be having mm-hmm. but that is something that I know for sure that's the internet that's given me it's something that I need to work on I'm not going to blame the internet but like that it's it's come from the internet if you know what I mean yeah you know validation is important and you know to be fair like it's good that social media can give you more validation in terms of like learning more about yourself but also it's just another external source of validation as opposed to finding it within mm-hmm. ourselves and that is unhealthy and i and think the thing to remember about social media is that there are always two sides to it there's a good and a bad it's not yeah. exclusively bad but it's not exclusively good either and then like the fact that we're hearing about so many other people's experiences when we would if we didn't have social media just be hearing about our families and our friends experiences or people that we know like in the yeah. place we live it just means that like so yes it's validating to be on the internet and like see more people and understand the the whole spectrum of experiences when it comes mm-hmm. to mental health everything but then once again still very overwhelming and it can make it feel like a competition of who is the worst yeah but it's just interesting where like people think competition is like oh you need to be the best and it's like you need to be the best at being the worst it's just so weird and insane and i don't understand Mm -hmm. how we got into this kind of situation with social media but it like it's common scary things um and also the fact that those kind of influences because social media came into popularity in a year and obviously everyone's different ages within that so there are people like younger and younger getting influenced by the same things we got influenced by at 12 yeah. and 13 getting influenced by a, like 9 or 10 yeah so if they're seeing lots of kind of like pro anna content for example then they're gonna start getting into that mindset at a yeah. younger age because again i was talking to a friend about it and she was talking about her like little sister being like influenced by all these things and it's so scary it's like you're so young and like yeah. looking back on like i think like it's so hard because like I remember so vividly when I was like 12 or 13 I thought I was so mature I thought I was so like old and whatever and you look mm-hmm. back on it and you're like I'm a baby I was a baby baby and these yeah. other babies right now in 2022 who are currently 12 and 13 or whatever are going through that same thing and it's terrifying yeah so the biggest thing I've struggled with with mental health is to do with like less about like comparing myself or like my body to celebrities or whatever I've found it much more to be about people who i know in real life posting together friend groups like celebrating things together going to parties going to the club everything i've really like that's been the one like the main thing that's really made like social media be a bad place and that's why i find it so important to try and take breaks from social media and to like stay away from instagram which i'm finding hard to do at the moment but what can you do so i guess it's like this idea that even if it's people you know and people who you know like you you still feel left out especially if you've been very actively like not invited to something but it's also because you know it's so performative and curated and like i really saw that in secondary school <laughs> where people didn't like each other but they were posting together and taking selfies and going to parties and i'm like but you don't like each other but but like it still made me feel bad because i wasn't in that group or whatever yeah also, I guess that yeah, that difference between the online space, you it, you can be seen to be besties with someone, and then in real life, absolutely not. Or that yeah, your relationship is, with someone is just is just very different in those two worlds. Because it's like people trying to curate this image of themselves, and it's obviously easier to do that on a controlled online sphere as opposed totally. to totally real life. And again, it's like a very subtle way of like gaslighting people into believing things about you that 
aren't true and like it's fair enough because we want people to think we're cool and good people and that's and okay that's to be ashamed of but also it's like scary on a widespread level you know yeah if everyone's doing it it's like not only do the people around you not know who you truly are because they've got different perceptions of you online and offline but you don't know who you are because you if you spend so long on social media cultivating an identity is that actually who you are or is that yeah she kind of hopes you'd be and then it's like okay well it's good to have aspirations and be who you want Mm -hmm. to be but also it's you know is it being true to yourself and inevitably in real life you're always going to have slip-ups you know your mental health might like as in people might have social social anxiety or just like be more shy or like so confident that they're saying things that they wouldn't say online ever um especially like if there's alcohol (laughs) or substances involved So it's so it's just interesting, but um yeah, like that's been the thing that's made me feel like I'm an outsider, I'm not cool, or me ever posting to try and seem cool and not getting a response like I'm cool. And it's like yeah. when you realise just like actually that it's not that deep and to be honest, I've found for me posting like very rarely is much better for me. To not feel like I desperately am clinging on to getting validation yeah. from people. Especially when it's about my parents, it's like, ah, it's quite scary. But, like, this is a good example of how it can, like, definitely affect people because Remy barely posts. I post a lot. And it's, yeah. like, a really good... <laughs> Shut up. It's a really good, like, outlet for me to use to become more, like, comfortable and confident with myself. Again, it's probably bad because I am definitely seeking different kinds of validation from it. But it's also, you know, like you said, if people are socially anxious and they can't kind of perform in different ways in real life, it's nice to kind of have this blanket of comfort when you're on social media to be able to like find yourself or get more comfortable with yourself and your thoughts and if you're like like if you're posting about them you kind of get more confident about them because you're happy for other people to see them you know like that could be kind of good but it's also like you are seeking validation and that's never gonna end well even if it's nice in the moment so yeah it's a two-way street also like linking back to the ways that different kinds of social media can affect us like we were talking about youtube at the beginning of the uh the video please at the beginning of the episode (laughs) um it's interesting seeing you know like we're mainly talking about instagram at the minute um but like things like tiktok that's a different and... kind of world like a hot take <laughs> i'm just really cool <laughs> and interesting guys do you think i'm really cool yeah please please tell me you think i'm really cool tell me i'm the coolest podcast or in the world you're not remy just get on with your point oh my god whatever oh my. Anyway. so i prefer tiktok to instagram slash twitter now <laughs> TikTok is bad in so many ways. Comment sections are absolutely gross. But I like the content on there. But I can't use it every day because I'll go insane. So I like usually will have TikTok on my phone for like two days and then I'll delete it. Um, I just, I find it more fun. Um, Even though I don't love being dragged into like being on there for two hours a day. I'm feeling like, what did I do with my yeah. day? Because I don't remember anything. But I find Instagram is a bit too personal. Like I'm seeing too much of other people I know. And... I think people are happy to be a little bit less curated on TikTok, or at least if they are still curating, it doesn't feel that way. It's in a different way, yeah. It's in a different way. Stuff is quite funny on there. Do have some good gigs. Gigs. <laughs> some good giggles. Some good laughs. Then, I, I guess, like, if we actually had... I mean, we had Musical.ly when we were, like, 11, 12, but then oh, it changed into TikTok, and that world completely changed, went from lip-syncing to so much other content now. And obviously TikTok started with being 15 second videos. You couldn't really get videos. Yeah. And you couldn't usually do longer than that. And then it starts being 30 seconds, 60 seconds. 
and now you can actually post videos that are up to 10 minutes long on TikTok. So it's crazy how they've progressed it as well. Yeah, the thing I wanted to say about TikTok was, I know for me, it was a lot nicer presence. Like it had a nicer social media presence than Instagram. It was less, I don't want to say less intense, but it was so much yeah, more Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I know you said like it's it is scary when you spend like two hours on it but it was also I wouldn't get annoyed at myself because I always felt like it was more intentional when like I'm watching different videos and they're either relaxing and aesthetic or they're like informative whereas Instagram was kind of just like lots of really rubbish meme pages and seeing I don't know just lots of like more toxic content on Instagram than on TikTok yeah and so for that I really enjoy TikTok especially because it's like more curated to you as opposed to just a random collection of people you follow and the algorithm being messed up on Instagram anyway. But also I want to talk about like how in terms of how we've been talking about like the good and bad sides of things, TikTok has ruined our attention span as well. And yes. I wonder how that's affected our mental health. And I don't know if that's just because we're seeking out more neurodivergent people and more ha 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 making you realise you've got ADHD by realising your attention span's banned and that's why you can spend hours on TikTok. Or if it's just like genuinely affecting us because we're more used to taking in more bite-sized information now yeah and so it's harder for us to take in larger bits of information and because ultimately that's kind of habit building basically or if humans in general just aren't meant to take in that much information in one go i like we're not meant to have have that long of an attention span and it's actually good that tiktok's kind of exposing that because it might make changes in like educational or workplace spheres combination um, of factors yeah and yeah. that is just the entire episode wow thank you so much i'm not gonna get into hustle culture here but i think um but a huge part of social media is you're seeing other people's successes as well and people being millionaires and people buying businesses running businesses there's that there's a huge emphasis on being an entrepreneur mm. online and definitely and i guess like it opens up it opens us up to different ways of living and approaching our adult lives which is very interesting to consider as teenagers especially when people are giving you pressure about what to do at university or what job to do like even in general like when we're younger we're made to be like oh my god what's your dream job like that's such like a popular conversation and it's so exciting thinking about what you might be able to do when you're older yeah. because obviously like it's the well-known thing that oh when you're younger you yearn to be older and when you're older you yearn to yeah. be younger so our aspirations for adult life are all different and like mm -hmm. so many different lifestyles are brought up say like digital nomads are a huge thing as well so i guess like lots to think about like do you, do you think your aspirations have directly changed from from the internet whether that's academically or in terms of career i mean i think probably because well we've got to consider that like even before social media, there's still like a big like circulation of stuff like in news and press. Oh yes, of course. Um, and so that's kind of how we used to get a lot of our inspiration. So I remember when I was like four or five, I really wanted to be a fashion designer. Me too. We're the same person. This is so bad. Um, but like obviously you circulate that by, you know, you still have to promote it, even though social media might not have been involved in that. It's still you know an aspect of you have to circulate your business or your ideas and whatever. And social media is just another way to do that, but it wasn't the only way to do it. So I don't think it's like fully necessarily changed it in that sense, because a lot of mm -hmm. the careers that are related to social media are just like 
like evolved forms of different kind of careers but more like we're just kind of making use of the technology we have at hand as opposed to like fully creating new careers but there are yeah. still like so many new like tech startups um and we can't ignore that but i don't know it is so much easier to yearn to be like famous so aside from like the fashion designer thing you know it is still like a big thing when you're younger you're like i really want to be an actor or an actress or whatever yeah and again that was still a big thing before social media so of course it's still going to be big after just in like different mm -hmm. ways now because now we don't just have films we've got youtubers and whatever and but now the barrier to is... entry for fame for lots of well like the music industry is definitely yeah. a lot like less significant because um what's her name katie katie gregson complex lady from tiktok she posted a tiktok of her saying <laughs> i'm wearing his boxers oh. Yes. And now, and from that one video, she had so many, like, well-known artists commenting and supporting her. And within, like, a couple weeks, she had a record deal. And now who she's, was like, the... supporting artists and things. Who was the person that was nominated for a Grammy or whatever? Oh, Gail. She's yeah, 18. that as well. With A, B, C, D, E, F, U. So that's, it's like, that's crazy because now, <laughs> because now it's, like, the celebrities or, like, people who are famous that we're aware of aren't just people, like taylor swift now they're a small artist they're not all just nepotism have... babies that's yeah. like the main thing like you're getting a lot more range of people but it's scary because but there are so many the pool, like famous people it's it's like it's a two-sided coin because yes it's great that it's not all just nepotism babies anymore but also as the pool gets bigger because more and more people are able to access it it means it's harder to kind of rise up because there's so many people so many more people to contend with because it's actually so like overwhelming to see like so much music in genres that you're interested in mm -hmm. you're never gonna have the time to listen or to love everyone like it's so hard like like you can't be a stan of everyone which is a, yeah which like it isn't a problem but it just means that it it's hard to kind of look at the pool of people in a certain genre or like industry yeah but it means you can listen to like some music more casually like i know like during like lockdown for example i had a massive period where i would like exclusively listen to spotify's daily mixes um yeah. and it was really nice because it like opened me up to new artists didn't necessarily mean i was gonna like then go and listen to their album specifically but it, you know i'm still listening to so much more people i'm still giving so many more people you know the time of day basically giving them money by listening to them amazing totally Wonderful. but yeah my point is is it because the pool's a lot bigger and a lot more accessible it means that it's so much easier to yearn for that when you're younger and be like i want to be a youtuber i want to be an actress yeah. i want to be a musician and that's, that's not bad and i feel like there is a degree where it's like there's there's definitely a cringe element which i can't ignore and i know that like that's something big for me like i love singing but could i ever be a singer no because i think it's cringy and i hate that um yeah but there's also the like suppression of the arts industry and that we don't think it's a valuable sphere to enter because you know we should be focusing more on like science or like bettering the world and climate change and stuff and you know that the arts does get a lot of critique like i know our current uk prime minister is kind of planning on getting rid of the art subjects so that's so fun yeah so there's like i don't know there's like different aspects to it it's like we have so many more aspirations that we could know, we have so many more things that we could aspire to be but yeah. we're also simultaneously not able to do it because of cringe culture and you know the progressing world and it's sad that we don't value entertainment 
um yeah but at least it's not as selective anymore but then it also is because it's so competitive i know i just don't know how that's going to affect like a child's brain like wanting to be something so badly but not thinking you can actively get it whereas like yes. like i don't want to like downplay it but like for example if you if your dream job as a child is to be a doctor it's a lot easier to do that because you just kind of have to go through the steps you know you go to university you do eight years of med school and then you're a doctor great and it's a lot harder potentially to be I don't want to say it's harder but you know what I mean like because of yes. the competitive element it can be harder to aspire to be anything related to fame because a lot of it is luck and chance um which and is why so me. many people <laughs> like like especially teachers and parents and everything will discourage someone from yes. actively pursuing creative arts subjects because there's so much risk if you yeah. put all of your life into I mean especially something like like musical theatre that hasn't got much better um mm. and it's still incredibly hard to get anywhere in that industry and to be chosen for shows or whatever so yeah. of course like it would be hard to encourage your child to pursue that when they could very easily be rejected and put all their work or like all the time in and still not get the rewards yeah i don't know i just wonder how it like changes our brain makeup for like everyone from a young age yeah to yearn to be famous and to yearn to be looked at and i think social media has had a massive impact on that because you know of like micro influencers and stuff and it's like i know for a fact that you know part of the fun of me posting a lot on my social media accounts is me pretending i'm a silly little influencer when i'm not yeah and the like kind of dopamine boost you get from wanting to or hoping you will be famous it's just like mm, why do we need that why do we need such a big audience to be looking at us all the time i'm yeah you know, i still very much live in the mindset that you know there's something always watching me but like for example uh. when i'm like writing my journal you know it's meant to be a space that's specifically for me and for my eyes only but i write it as if someone else is gonna read it, read it. And I, yeah. I wonder how that's impacting the way that i'm trying to use it for self-development because if i'm still writing as if someone's going to be looking at it i can't fully focus on myself and that's not i don't know how healthy that is but again you know this is just like the world we live in we are in a more tech technologically advanced world and we have to follow with it and part of technological advancement is fame and access to fame and yeah it's not something to be ashamed of but it's just like i do wonder how it affects people but then like there is loads of cringe culture with people who have anything online like people mm. like people would say that our podcast is cringe and the fact that we promote it on our stories is cringe but guess what we enjoy yeah. it and we're not taking ourselves seriously clearly i mean come on please um <laughs> but like um actually remy i completely disagree i think all my points are so smart and i'm taking myself seriously actually but cringe culture is so <laughs> horrible because it makes like these fun creative projects feel like like you think you're so self-important and why would you share it with mm -hmm. other people and it's like well well then how would any creative project ever happen yeah and i have spoken me. so much about this lately because it makes me like... so angry that that people think things are cringe culture is just the death of all joy truly yes it's so bad 100%. Like, 100%. it makes us all just a tiny little bit evil um, um and that, i mean like is that okay no <laughs> But yeah, um, I just yeah. um like I I think if we could be more open about the arts and sharing things because it's scary 
But like, yeah, like supporting your friends who are making music or putting out a podcast or making a short film, like please just like support these people because it's so hard to do things publicly because we're so scared of being told that we're bad or that we're cringe. Why? Anyway, uh, Remy and I have been speaking a lot about that lately because like bouncing off of all of our thoughts from our last episode about, yeah, because like with this podcast, like I feel like I wouldn't kind of been able to do it unless we were doing it together because of cringe culture and you know it's something yeah. i've always really wanted to do and it's sad to think that i would never have done it because i'd have been too ashamed to kind of like promote anything on my story yeah and that's why like okay so i've finally like started a silly youtube channel and the first things i've uploaded are minecraft let's plays which again embarrassing cringy what the hell cc but also like it's so nice that i like it's so nice that i'm in a position to be like he he's silly and goofy i'm just gonna post it anyway and promote it anyway because it's funny As and a, it's and, entertainment like, like why do we forget like this podcast is meant to be entertainment like if you don't enjoy it yeah. like you don't have to engage with it but like don't hate on people if you don't enjoy it because it's like still when you're being yeah. you're trying on constructive criticism sure like as 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 long as you're going about it in a fair way but hate is just upsetting but when and you're being honestly creative, embarrassing on the hater when you're being creative of course you're going to want to share it and there's like nothing bad about that and it's just such a shame that we're like oh people are going to judge me for promoting it maybe i should just keep it quiet or like have an alias mm. and no one will actually know that this is all my content yeah like it's just sad hydration break <laughs> hello 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 um if you're i mean where i where is my water oh my god it's behind me oh my god where's my water oh my god oh it's on the floor okay consider this we have been talking <gasps> for what feels like a billion years and we are halfway through so um get some water and take any supplements or vitamins or medication thank you cc for the watermelon asmr thank y'all but yeah, this is always just a reminder. You can always pause the episode if it's too much. You can always come back to it. Do what you want. But I feel like I, I haven't actually enjoy. had I haven't had water in our hydration break for so long. That isn't achievable. It's quite concerning. So well done. Um, thank you. I've started yeah, look my after yourself. wine glasses because it makes me feel funny. Anyway. Bougie. That's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Take hey, every day as a fun thing. Love you. Help you love enjoy the slay queens. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the rest of the episode and yeah. And remember that if there's a way to do something that makes it easier and more fun, then you should do it. Like drinking water out of a wine glass. Don't feel silly because literally who's watching? No. Who's literally who's watching? Tell everyone. I did just tell everyone. But also, who cares? If you're actually cringing (laughs) at that right now, maybe you've got some journaling to do, huh? Lots to think about. Ooh. Anyway, let's go. Okay, so of course we started consuming social media content when we were children and little babies, little babies. Formative years, I've got to say. So I guess like <laughs> how has it impacted our childhood? We both struggled with friendships growing up. Um we. and we, 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 like we and <laughs> we. <laughs> Thank you for laughing, that's so good. But so I think like for me, like from ages of like early secondary school so like 11 12 like already seeing people post on the internet and obviously we were all really goofy and silly back then and you just don't even realize until you're older but like still comparing yourself at that point and being like wow i'm not good enough when you're a child 
is not good for your brain, I've got to say. Um, and the idea of who's cool when you're like a little kid and what is mm. cool. What is cool, actually? Let's discuss. So true. I don't think that has a definitive answer. But then again. No. N- nor does anything we talk about on this podcast. So. L-O- Maybe we should L- talk about it. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about it. Uh, yeah. okay so like this is something that we've been speaking about recently like this idea that when it comes to i mean like i i haven't gone to therapy or anything but there's always a like discussion of like a lot of your behavior must come from your parents and how your parents raised you yeah. and how they interacted with you when actually when you're young so much of your life so many of your formative years are also made up by your friends and other people not just your parents and obviously social media introduces you to people who aren't just your real life friends but also people on the internet who could be from anywhere in the world whether it's a common interest like a fan account whatever i know i remember what i wanted to say in the how are you section and it was the last time we tried to record this episode remy and i just had a massive talk we were gonna do our first like live recording together because we currently just do it on zoom um, and we couldn't because we'd spent like three hours before talking about this exact topic um and like how it relates to kind of like trauma and how we define trauma but it is and like a lot of like psychological studies exclusively base um how a child develops on how their parents raise them and though that does have a massive influence because it's your caregiver it's the like the primary adults in your life who are meant to like kind of guide you through your formative years so that you can then be in the position but how much time did we actually spend with our parents you know like a lot of our time spent at school therefore we're you know our teachers kind of take the role as caregivers but also like our friends like you said you know we're spending a lot of time basically being raised by our friends who also know nothing because they're the same age as us like if we're five being raised by other five-year-olds is not going to be great not gonna work that is what happens and i feel like no one talks about like the impact of that and that's obviously going to happen whenever because you're going to usually be surrounded by your age group yeah so if you've had like bad experiences with friends at that age which you know is can be normal because again no one really knows anything and you kind of only properly learn about what you need from friendships and relationships when you're older and have done more reflecting but if by chance that is the position you've been in like remy and i have been in big slay yeah how has that affected that how has that affected our self-confidence and our outlook on life I think my friendships have impacted my like relationship styles so massively because I've, you know, never felt like anyone has properly like wanted me around or whatever, um, or like has wanted to put in the effort for me. And so I get like obsessive in relationships when I, because like I, you don't usually have like, you don't have what's considered a real relationship when you're younger. So you, even yeah. if you did have like a boyfriend when you're like nine, it's, you know, it's not the same thing. But when I have relationships now i get obsessed with them because i'm like oh now's finally my chance where i can have that one person that will give me all the stuff that my yeah. friends never gave me when i was younger and it gets like obsessive and it's like oh mm-hmm. i need to do so much work on this um totally but yeah like and i i don't know if i'd have had that same mentality if i had really good friends when i was a little a little baby so true we've had to be more independent in a way and mm-hmm. it, it, it can be hard to then open up to people and to trust people all those things yeah um and also with the parent thing in like the lovely world of capitalism our parents have to work and a lot of the research is based off of people who only had working fathers and their mothers were stay at home and in that case yeah you would have gotten a lot more influence from your parents but you know like i went to after school club every day after school and so i only spent like three hours with my parents a day you know and then before you know it you're in your 
teenage years and you kind of want to just stay in your room the whole time and then how much you're spending with your parents you know yeah and it's just like why is i mean like i don't know they are like our role models but also we get so many more role models and especially with social media obviously we're seeing so many more adults and older celebrities and we're like they can kind of always mm-hmm. become our caregivers especially if we're finding a lot of solace and like watching films or interviews or videos yeah on them. you know they do ultimately raise you and i no one talks about the impact of that yeah and most people don't think that their parents are cool in a young way like in what we would yeah. consider cool whether we are 10 or 25 like so there's that as well that we think our friends are cooler because they're our age and they know what mm. our society and our age group think is cool again but, all celebrities which you are actually going to think are cool because he he famous people yeah it isn't just like a like young child personal thing it's definitely like a lot of it came from teenagehood for me like with the with just the way social media impacted me and mm-hmm. growing up in a time where you're like constantly comparing yourself to people that you actually know on social media not just celebrities it's quite difficult like because of the curation but yeah. then also you see everyone creating this like specific cool aesthetic of being a teenager and drinking and like going out places with groups of friends you take really cool pictures to go on pinterest and it's like okay so those things put pressure on me and made me feel like an outsider because i wasn't participating in drinking like i didn't start when people did who, who were like 13 or 14 yeah. and i never participated in it properly until i was 17 and i've still never been drunk or anything and i'm not interested in it <laughs> alcohol literally gives me a headache it's just an expensive <laughs> headache and not interested in drugs or anything like that so so the internet can really create a space where like those things are perceived as cool and therefore if younger children are seeing that they're gonna think that's cool and that it's absolutely fine for them to do at like 11 years old it's so easy to normalize those things it just means that we have younger younger people whose brains are not developed at all doing stuff c- that can really impact them for the future yeah years for the for, for the rest of their formative years these are the kind of things that are raising us like you said like these are undeveloped brains taking in all this information about how people are living their lives when theoretically it's meant to be our parents or our family members yeah. that are meant to be telling us how to live our lives we're getting so many more like different kinds of input on how to do that from younger people and like you said because we don't necessarily think our parents are cool we want to kind of only listen to the cool people so that's kind of what we're being raised on as opposed to our parents and in some way that's good because parents shouldn't necessarily have the mentality that they're the only influences on their kids anyway because you also shouldn't be like "Mm, i need to be controlling my kids in the way that they're growing up yeah and it's you know important to remember that they're going to get different societal influences or environmental influences Mm -hmm. But because of social media, again, that pool is bigger. You're seeing so many more people doing so many different things. And especially with the different algorithms social media apps have, the more you look at something, the more you see it. Yeah. And so it just like perpetuates this massive cycle of, yeah, I'm an 11 year old and I think it's cool to start drinking and doing drugs at this age. Like a lot of people I've spoken to that are not like addicts, but like do like drink or take drugs quite frequently a lot of them say that they've been doing it since they were literally like 13 or 14 which i think is wild and i'm like yeah to what degree it was like the reason that i didn't do that at such a young age was because of my like friendship group or whatever 
like I yeah. wasn't in the sphere to have access to that mm-hmm. and if you were then of course you're gonna do it you know but like I, I don't think social media has had like I, I don't think it's the sole reason for why people are doing these things but obviously yeah. it has such such an impact and if young kids are getting on social media platforms even if the platform says you have to be 13 or over people can easily change their their year of birth on their settings so like do you think anything should change about young children having access to the internet especially since parents are putting their kids in front of a screen at such a young age now like Mm. yeah i don't know what do you think i mean i'm not sure because like if you were to restrict i mean and i know a lot of parents do to restrict someone's social media intake intake it's going to give them so much more like fomo and jealousy and yeah increasing the amount of times that a child is going to feel that is horrible and it's going to make them feel horrible you know we know our experience with FOMO and every time it happens it's horrible so if you're gonna get that literally delivered to you on a plate by your parents it's not going to necessarily be enjoyable when you know for a fact that everyone around you is using social media a lot and because that's getting like younger and younger you know you're going to start feeling that younger and younger and you don't want your child to just live a life of jealousy because that's not healthy for them or for anyone else because it's then going to just make them like more angry and maybe it's going to make them like get angry at their friends yeah so it's not healthy in that sense but equally being on social media at a young age also isn't healthy because you're getting far too many influences from all these different things um like i think to be fair like as much as i've as we've like critiqued being on social media like the age of 12 in this episode i do think that's probably the best time to start because it's you know you're going into secondary school it's kind of like a good place marker um but it's just because of like ipad kids and stuff they're getting so used to using electronic devices i feel like they are going to start wanting to go on social media a lot younger because of course they're going to be seeing it Mm -hmm. whatever content they're consuming whether it's just like kids shows or whatever they're going to start it's still scary about the reliance on it and not being able to do other things like read a book or you know creatively write like whatever if a parent hands their child their phone to play games on in order to you know stop them crying or like comfort them or when they're bored they're naturally gonna reach for those same coping mechanisms as they grow up so if they're yeah if they're bored or if they're in like a bad place what are you gonna reach for a phone because that's what you've grown to know is gonna help you as opposed to other coping mechanisms yeah and that in like that's where it becomes bad but like there's i don't think there's an actual way you can control it because we you know you can't live in the mindset of oh when you know because you when like our generation gets so much like talk from older generations being like oh when i was younger i you know i read all the time or i went outside and played with my friends you guys just sit inside all day on your bloody phones and it's like yeah because that's what we've been like socialized to do and we have to probably going to be a lot healthier to break out of the cycle but also we have to follow the modern world we have to keep up with it I don't know. It is such like a hard one because what what does the modern world even mean? But in terms of like our technological advancements, point is we're gonna have phones. Everyone kind of the way that we've evolved into our modern society basically requires everyone to have a phone. Yeah. So we can't just kind of be like, oh well, we should stop using them because that's not gonna happen. That's completely because, unrealistic now. And that's not gonna be widespread. Like it 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 can't no. happen. The reliance is so significant now that. They're like, even if you're not addicted, like the idea of me not having my phone seems quite weird. And I don't even like social media, you know? So it's, so yes, it, it's so ingrained now. Point is, is that like, we can't be like, oh, we have to like go back to more traditional ways of raising our kids because this is kind of the society we live in now. And we have to prepare them for it. 
as opposed to just trying to keep them away from it you know it's the whole kind of thing of like you have to work alongside as opposed to work against there's no set age it's kind of like you have to just keep a keep a what's the word keep an open mind about how your kid's going to be influenced but also they you know they need a degree of responsibility on their own you know like we've learned so much from growing up on social media and we probably wouldn't be in the places we are now with our self-awareness and self-development if it hadn't been for social media you know Mm -hmm. or i mean it would have happened in different ways but like that's fine but we're still you know kids are still always gonna have negative things that happen to them when they're younger that they're gonna gradually come to realize how they can you know like how they can make a difference on the bad things that have happened to them and how they can grow whether we have social media or not it just so happens that now the main bad things that happen to us are from social media but it doesn't mean that if we didn't have it those things Mm -hmm. wouldn't happen moving swiftly on to our final topic jesus christ how long is this episode gonna be i bet i would like you're gonna edit it and it's only gonna end up being like two minutes long watch it i know just wait and see. But guys, don't you worry. I was listening to this, it's going to be like, it is not two minutes long, babes. It's two hours long. And sorry, guys. but um, We've been okay. here for a long time. <laughs> An extremely long period of time. It's final topic, relationships. We're going to whiz through this one, even though it's like potentially the biggest one. But we don't also, have that many bullet points, but like in terms of how prevalent it is and when Remy's brains 24-7, it's the biggest one. True. But, yeah, anyway. Social media affecting relationships. Let's go. Texting is... Yeah, um, expecting people to be able to reply to you 24-7. Social media has made us, you know, because of how easy it is to access other people and talk to other people, which is amazing, again, because you can talk to people from all around the world. It's so much easier to talk to your friends and stay in contact with your friends, blah, 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 blah. Wonderful. I would die without it. But when you're in a relationship, and especially the way that, what I've spoken about and the way that my childhood has influenced me and the way that I just you know have a yearning to be prioritized because i've never felt that before when i'm in a relationship i want someone to be texting me like 24 7 and that is bad because we shouldn't expect people to always be present 24 7 you know for one everyone needs alone time and they yeah. shouldn't expect themselves to be having to respond to people 24 7 you know it's good to have breaks but it's also good to communicate when you're not in a position to be able to text people and the one thing i've always said in my relationships because i know that i want someone to be talking to me 24 7 and if they just kind of like ghost me for the day i would so much rather them be like hey you know i'm just taking like a little day off or i'm taking a break or like i'm gonna be busy this evening doing xyz um i probably won't be on my phone that much i would so much rather that than just have them be like oh i'm not in the mood to text her right now so i don't think it's all like necessarily on me for being expectant of mm-hmm. my relationships to be but it's also hard like it is hard to accept that not everyone views texting in the same way yeah and someone who you love so much can not view it in the same way as you and that, ca- and well, that exactly. can make communication very difficult i know it's just important to perceive why you need that kind of non-stop like link to someone and is that because you can't you know be on your own fully or because you know it's like addicting being in relationships and you get so excited but just in general like the way that social media fuels this need to be with our partners or even just have access to like our friends 24 7 or just people in general like you know we check our phones so often because primarily we are hoping that there's going to be a notification saying that someone's messaged us and someone has been like ah i thought this person i wanted to talk to them and that's such a nice feeling so of course we're going to want people to want to talk to us 24 7 because it means Mm -hmm. that someone's thinking about us and that's lovely but you know you can feel that and accept that you know some people do need to take breaks like you know i need to take breaks like there are so many people that i haven't responded to that i care so much about and i know why i've done it and that's because of my mental health and i get overwhelmed and so if i can understand that about myself why can i not 
appreciate that more about other people that other people might also deal with those nuances as well yeah but again it's the modern age and it's you know even though you know like a lot of people grew up on not a lot of people grew up on but like in like the olden days you know like you'd basically have to like wait for letters to be received by your loved ones or whatever yeah i could take like you know you'd only talk to each other like once a month because of that um and it's not again with the world's just different now exactly so it's not like a case of oh well people used to only talk this much therefore we should only talk this much it's more like no you know it is fair enough that we do want to be talking to people a lot more and we do have access to it like it's Mm -hmm. literally our fingertips so it's fair enough that we can be in that position Um, yeah but it's more like everyone should be self-aware enough and self-compassionate enough that they know that they need to give themselves time and you should acknowledge that both for yourself and for other people and not need that constant Mm -hmm. connection with someone to give you validation or make you feel loved yes something else i find really interesting is how easily someone can call another person their friend even if they haven't spent much time with them or yeah or like things like that and getting to know people more from what they post on their story what they what they post on their close friend story private stories what they post like on their main instagram feed if they post any tiktoks like and n- knowing people in this kind of distant way and you know them in real life too but like but a lot of your interactions with them are just seeing what they post so mm. i guess then like our relationships with, with other people and friendships can be to some you know t- to some extent par- parasocial we included that point at the end of like how do we feel about that last episode and I have honestly been thinking about it like nonstop. Because, All the time. Yeah, because you are going to have like different kinds of relationships with people in different, like just as, you know, your relationship with someone is going to present itself differently when you're in a group setting versus when you're alone with them. It's going to present itself differently when you're online and messaging them as well. Um, yeah. And people kind of like forget about that. But And it also means it doesn't you mean... get on well with someone online and then you hang out in real life and it's just not the same. Or because we're so used to talking to people online that we forget how to interact in person. And then that's yeah. another downside of social media is that we forget how to socialize because we're so used to doing mm-hmm. it behind a screen um, where it's obviously more comfortable because you don't have to like, mm-hmm. you know, you can take time to reply or whatever. And yes. it is more daunting in person. Like I, you know, you know, like people I'm closest to, I can be terrified to meet up with them because I'm like, ah, I feel like I've completely forgotten how to interact with this person in real life. And it's like, how how detrimental is that on my friendships but also it's okay that a lot of your friendships can be text-based and you know when it comes to like internet friends you know like they can still be really valuable just in different kinds of ways than people you see in real life yes or people that you text a lot versus people that you call a lot Mm -hmm. versus people that you see a lot you know even those Mm -hmm. you know calling people and texting people are both like online mediums but they're they affect friendships and relationships so differently depending on which tool you use i think i think the big issue is like if it's reciprocated or not so if you think one of your internet friends is like one of your closest friends and they don't think that about you and they go about it in a different way to you you put in more effort i think that's when it's like it's kind of like you don't really know the person because you're seeing what they post online or if you only text and never call but you feel like you want to but like whatever reason so like it it can just be complicated yeah but another texting thing is group chats like this is something that's obviously so prevalent Mm. in like in school and whether you create like class group chats friend group group chats and like for me like because basically all of my friendships now are 
one-on-one so i'm not in any proper group chats so is this interesting but like but also i've hung out in (laughs) groups so it's this interesting thing of like you like you can be excluded online but not in real life or vice versa you know there's a whole thing i mean (laughs) i mean think about cyberbullying with like people creating group chats with that one person who's in their friendship groups and they can so that people can say mean things about them so that's something to consider as well it's yeah it's so wild and especially if you've grown up in kind of like a social environment where you do get excluded a lot from things it is like adding salt to the wound when you're also getting excluded from things online as well which is why again you can find so much solace in social media because you can either like you know if you escape by like reading books or watching youtube or whatever or with internet friends because you're not necessarily like in this group setting you know you're just talking to people and it's can be quite therapeutic and yes and i think it's important to know how you cope with that and what your different methods of escapism are because it's a really good way to learn how to take care of yourself when you're not getting all that like appreciation and validation that you need yeah even though like you know we spoke about needing validation being a bad thing we're also human and of course we need validation it's, it's just more it's we need to reconsider bones. our sources we need to consider where where we think our primary source of validation is and how and healthy external, the validation is not healthy yeah because if we you want need... validation from strangers or from a friendship or relationship which is one-sided and it's not reciprocated the feelings it's never going to work out for you. Like, it's just going to hurt. And even if you do get validation, it may be temporary or, like, the person is is acting selfishly. Whatever. Who knows? But obviously validation is something that we need. But just consider who you're seeking it from, what you're seeking it from. We need to... Don't hurt yourself. Don't (laughs) use validation. And don't use the seeking of it as a form of self-harm, essentially. So true. Of self-sabotage. Please. Yeah, we basically need to prioritise getting self-validation primarily from ourselves. Not exclusively from ourselves, because of course we're going to need it from no, ourselves. yeah. But, like, we're the one, like, reliable person in our lives, or we're the one person we can control how reliable we are to ourselves, whatever. Um, and although it's good to acknowledge how temporary other people can be, having relying on a temporary source of validation is bad. yeah i think that's i think that's all we have time for thank you so much for listening to this episode of the pristine paradoxes podcast or p paradoxes pod thank you remy you disgust me how do you feel um don't forget to follow (laughs) don't forget to follow the podcast instagram and twitter that we won't ever (laughs) use but do it anyway and tiktok i also don't ever use whatever oh we do don't you worry and rate (laughs) pristine paradoxes on apple Podcasts and spotify Five stars, please. Actually, that's the only validation I will accept. Thank um. you. <laughs> I've been CC. I've Remy. Ooh. Go on then. No. Go again. I've been CC. And I've been Remy. And your mum. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bye. Thank you so much for seeing through this really long episode. Or if we split it into two parts, who knows? Who knows? Big mystery. See you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye.